Hi guys, welcome to Talks in Class. I am Jenna. Thank you for joining me on this very gray, cold December day. I am coming to you from the time capsule bedroom here at my mom's house in Wisconsin. If you're watching on video, you can see this is my actual old bedroom at my mom's house. And it's where I find a lot of my goodies that I use in my videos. People are always asking me, it's like the top question that I get is how do I still have so many things from when I was younger to use in my videos? And the answer really is this bedroom. <laughs> like it is full of stuff. I am an only child and my mom has actually lived in the same house for like 30 years. So she has kept a lot of stuff, especially from my childhood. But there are some things from my teen years and even my early 20s because I lived home briefly after college before I left to go back for grad school. And my mom was actually really intentional to save certain things from when I was a kid, like special Barbies or my American Girl dolls or my old uh, Disney VHS tapes in those big plastic boxes. So I have some of that stuff. And then when I left for college, again, only child, so my mom didn't need the space. She just kind of left the room the way it is. And every time I would come home, she'd ask me to go through my stuff. And clearly I never did. And here we are. <laughs> But it actually worked out. So my laziness paid off because now I have this room just full of stuff from when I was younger. I do have a, a tour of it on YouTube and an Instagram story highlight if you are curious to dive deeper down the rabbit hole of the time capsule. Anyway, I am here visiting for a week and it's always a weird experience to go home to visit as an adult, but I think especially because my mom does still live in this house, which is the house where I grew up, and I'm surrounded by all of my old stuff. It's like this weird time warp where I feel a little bit like I'm living in the past and the present at the same time. <laughs> but it is nice to come back. I always feel a little bit more relaxed here. She lives in a very, very small town and it's just, it's quiet, it's slow, it's calm. And sometimes that's kind of nice. So I will start as always with my what good happened. This week, my what good happened is actually an exciting discovery that I have made since being back here. I always discover things every time I'm here. So there's this brown North Face puffer jacket. I'm sure you've seen it. It's super trendy. Celebrities are wearing it. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, it's everywhere. You've definitely seen it and it's so cute. But I saw someone wearing it on my flight the other day and seeing it in person, like I got it. I got the hype. I was like, okay, I maybe I do need this jacket. But I own so many coats and jackets like even for somebody who does live in a cold climate I probably own too many coats and jackets but we are moving to LA in a couple of weeks so I certainly do not need and cannot really justify purchasing another winter jacket of any kind but especially not one that costs like more than $300 like this is not a throwaway purchase it's not 40 bucks at Target this is a legitimate North Face coat so I got home and I remembered that in maybe 2007, 2008, I had this North Face coat that I absolutely loved. And sure enough, I found it still hanging in the coat closet downstairs at this house. It's a white puffer, brown trim, and a brown logo. And it has a detachable hood with fur trim. Of course, in 2007, I rocked the fur trimmed hood proudly, but thankfully the hood is detachable, but the fur actually zips off the hood. So I could just ditch the fur <laughs> and wear the jacket with or without the hood. So I put a little shout on it. I popped it in the wash and honestly, it looks almost as good as new. And I, I'm so excited. It's really cute. Fits me perfectly. I'm totally going to wear it. 
shopping for free in 15-year-old me or 15 years ago me's closet. And it's really funny because I was thinking about how probably a year ago I saw that jacket hanging in the closet and I thought, why did I ever think that brown and white was the chicest color combination ever known to man? And now here we are a year later and brown is super trendy and I think it's cute again. It's interesting how not only trends come back around, but I can actually see my tastes change because a year ago I would not have thought I would wear that now. But here we are. Anyway, speaking of past trends, this week I want to continue my conversation from last week about social media and discuss specifically the evolution of Instagram. I think in a general sense, (laughs) this is what I think about. This is what I think about when I'm lying awake at night. In a general sense, if I had to assign each generation a social media platform, Millennials would be Instagram. Instagram is the millennials social media platform. We came of age alongside Instagram. And for those of us who were on Instagram early, the last 10 years are all there. Our feeds, if you go back far enough, are like a journey through the last 10 years of not just our lives, but the trends of the last 10 years, which I think is amazing and truly fascinating. But before we jump into that, this episode, and really this entire podcast at this point, is sponsored by my clothing rental service, Jenna Barclay Stylebox. So as you guys may know, the Stylebox allows you to rent clothing items ranging from jeans and cute sweatpants to dresses and office wear, two items at a time, keep them as long as you would like, and then swap them as often as you would like as well. I just got some jeans that I brought home from the Stylebox a few days ago, and then when I get back from this trip, I will send them back and rent something to wear for Christmas Eve, something a little bit dressier. It's also a great gift idea for someone in your life who loves clothes, or maybe someone who just started a new job, just had a baby, just moved, or really anybody who might be looking to update their wardrobe for any reason. You can gift a one, two, or three month subscription directly from the website. Just click give a gift at the top menu and it'll give you the options. You do get a little bit of a discount on gifting two or three month subscriptions to somebody. Or you can try it out yourself and you do get the first month always completely free. So if you'd like to try it out or give a gift to somebody, go to jennabarclaystylebox.com to try it for yourself. Hit get started to give a gift hit give a gift. (laughs) Happy renting. So last week I talked about my earliest experiences with social media. MySpace and Facebook really were my earliest experiences and those were different times. We went from using social media to communicate with our actual friends and connect with real people who we actually knew in real life or could potentially meet in real life to now using social media to follow or communicate with largely people that we don't actually know in real life. Brands, celebrities, influencers, meme accounts, whatever. And this transition really happened on Instagram. So Instagram actually launched in 2010, late 2010, which I had to Google. But I personally got on Instagram in early 2012. I remember some of my first pictures on Instagram were pictures of my dog at the dog park. And I don't think I really understood that it was meant to be a social media platform. I really was using it just as a photo editing app. 
And I used it purely for fun. I mean, there was no agenda or meaning attached to any of my early activities on Instagram. I would take these random pictures and then filter them within an inch of their little lives and post them. But I never looked back to see if anybody was liking them or interacting in in any way. I just put them out there into the universe and called it a day. I mean, in those early days, we would post, you know, anywhere from zero to seven pictures a day and each one would get three likes and we just carried on with our lives. (laughs) And in the very early days, in early 2012 for sure, I was definitely still more active on Facebook, definitely more than I am now, but definitely even more active than I was on Instagram. Facebook was where I was doing all of the interacting. Instagram at that point was kind of one-sided. I just posted and then shut the app. Facebook was where I was posting albums of pictures and people would comment and I would tag people and I would post on people's walls for their birthday. All of that communication was still happening on Facebook. But I would say by late 2012, I started really transitioning away from Facebook and towards Instagram. And looking back, I think it really makes sense that so many of us loved early Instagram, but especially for those of us who, like myself, have always loved fashion and trends because Instagram was all about the aesthetics, right? It was photos. It was all visual. It wasn't until the peak influencer era of Instagram around like 2016, 2017 that people were writing these big long captions. So the early days, it it wasn't about the words. It was all about the visuals. And if you think about fashion in 2011, 2012, it was highly curated fashion. It was fancy. It was glam. It was just a vibe. This was the... Tumblr era. This was the girl boss era. Everything was just super styled and super put together and it had a very clear aesthetic. You could look at an outfit and know what that vibe was. I was wearing like sleek black skinny jeans with a blazer and a pump and a a pearl headband one day and then the next day wearing a floral flowy tank top with a dream catcher necklace and a headband around my forehead and gladiator sandals. It was the early days of Pinterest. So everything had that curated feel. I mean, we were all about the aesthetics in in those days, all about the looks, all about the vibes. And that's what Instagram was too. It allowed us to take these sort of mundane pictures of random stuff in our lives, slap a filter on them and make them look fancy or make them look vintage or make them look like grainy vintage film if you were a hipster. Whatever your vibe was or whatever your vibe was that day, maybe you could create that vibe in your photos on Instagram. And those early days of Instagram, like 2012, Those were the days of like pure chaos (laughs) on Instagram. There was no rhyme or reason to anything we were posting. We were taking pictures of absolutely nothing at all and using a different filter every single time. Sometimes we put multiple filters and a frame and like a light flare on the photo before we posted it. It was a wild, wild time, but it was really fun. There were no rules. We didn't know what Instagram would become. It wasn't anything back then. It was just a way to edit our photos that was really easy. That was it. We hadn't entered this 
phase of staging the photos yet either. Like we weren't creating a whole flat lay just for the photos. We were taking something like, I don't know, the stuff on top of our dresser and using the tools that Instagram had, the frames and the filters and whatever, to try to make it look like a work of art. <laughs> but we weren't doing anything going out of our way to create something to take a photo of for the picture. A couple of years later, around like 2014, 2015, we started to see the beginning of the shift towards what I like to call peak influencer Instagram. In those days, we were still filtering the absolute life out of our pictures, but I think we started paying attention a little bit more to the overall aesthetic. We maybe used one filter instead of three or four. <laughs> And people started styling their photos a lot more. This was intentional styling, like just for the photo. Flat lays, I remember being a huge, huge thing around this time. I literally remember following accounts that only posted random flat lays. Like one picture would be a flat lay of a tablescape with flower petals sprinkled around plates of muffins and breads or whatever. And then another picture would be a flat lay of clothes and accessories with the shoes and like the bag and the necklace and the bracelets. And then another flat lay would be candles and throw pillows and like a blanket. And it was just that, that that's what the account was. In 2014 and 2015, my feed was primarily people that I knew and then these random sort of aesthetic accounts. I wasn't following celebrities. I wasn't following people that I didn't know for the most part. I'm sure there were influencers, but I don't really remember following many, if any at all, in those early days, to, to be honest. I don't really remember following any influencers until maybe 2016. I actually remember following somebody who I met in early 2015 and being absolutely floored that she had 2,000 followers. <laughs> because in those days, we followed people that we knew. So I didn't know 2,000 people in real life. I was like, who are these people that are following her? I literally thought she was a celebrity. I was just jaw on the floor amazed. <laughs> But then there was this big shift that happened, I think around 2016. And looking back, it's interesting because 2015, 2016, there was a big shift in overall fashion aesthetics too. That was the time that we transitioned away from kind of the girl boss, business casual, Tumblr type aesthetics into what we often now hear called the normcore era and also the athleisure era. That era, looking back, I mean, I wore a lot of leggings. I worked in fitness, so it didn't feel like a significant fashion era at that time because that's just what I wore for work. But really, the clothes were kind of boring, I hate to say. It was just a lot of basics when it came to fashion, a lot of really minimalistic outfits. We weren't using a lot of accessories. We kind of wore the same silhouette for every single outfit. It was just kind of like skinny jeans, a beige sweater, and like a beige pair of ankle booties. It was very minimalistic. And at that same time, there was this big shift towards a really minimal aesthetic on Instagram also, which I think is so interesting looking back, right? This is when every Instagram girly started filtering every single photo to basically just look white. <laughs> like everyone's feed was just beige and white. We desaturated the pictures so much that you could barely tell what they were. 
<laughs> my feed in 2016 looks like every photo sat in the sun for 20 years and faded. It, it, everything is so desaturated. There was a lot of blank space in photos, a lot of white walls, neutral outfits. Everything was monochromatic. We were very into monochromatic everything. And this... This birthed the monochromatic feed. I literally remember following people in 2016 just because they had perfectly curated beige and white Instagram feeds, but they were posting nothing. Like literally their feeds were just like a piece of pompous grass held against a white brick wall. And I was like, oh my God, aesthetic, beautiful, flawless, hashtag goals. It, it was a wild time looking back. We were just looking at pictures of nothing. But when I really think about the height of this aesthetic Instagram, it's 2016 to 2017, very specifically those two years. Those were the days where the feed was everything. People would literally just post filler photos to keep their feed looking cohesive. Every feed had to have a theme or a color scheme or the rainbow feed. Oh my God, do you guys remember this? It would be like, all of their photos were red, like everything in the photo was red. And then it would fade into all the photos being orange. Everything in the photos was orange and then yellow and, and so on, like an actual rainbow. And it would be a few pictures of each color and it would fade through. It was amazing to look at, but so much effort, so much effort on the feed, but not really on the individual posts. We were just scrolling through nothing. I mean, I can't imagine what our news feeds looked like because we were posting a bunch of filler photos that we got off of Pinterest to keep the feed looking aesthetic. <laughs> but it wasn't the kind of authentic, in the moment nothing that we were posting in 2012 or those super early days of Instagram. This was a very calculated nothing <laughs> that we were posting. It was like looking at a magazine versus looking at someone's corkboard above their desk in their dorm room. It was still just kind of pictures of random things. But in 2012, that felt like it represented a person rather than just forming an aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? That era, 2016, 2017, also really feels like the peak of kind of fake influencer culture. And I think this has stuck around and is still kind of what people think of when they think about influencer culture. Those days, influencers were all about the aesthetics and being aspirational. I, I truly hate that word. And I think the reason that I hate it is because of Instagram in 2017. <laughs> These girls were flaunting their Gucci belts and their G-wagons that they're way too pretty to be a normal human being. Husband bought them for literal Christmas, like some sort of unhinged car commercial. And we were consuming this content in 2017. Like, yeah, mm -hmm, that's normal. These gift guides were like, buy your barista a cashmere scarf. It's practical and it's only $400. What a steal. That was when the bubble was at its height. The bubble of curating your life and turning it into this kind of fake highlight reels for your followers. But obviously, like any bubble, that bubble burst and it burst hard. By 2020, I would say we were in the full what I call aesthetic backlash phase of Instagram where people were just so sick of seeing these overly staged photos. It became like looking at reality TV, but just on our phones instead of on our TV and people were over it. But by now, Instagram has officially been around long enough 
that we're feeling nostalgic for the early Instagram. <laughs> All these millennials and Kylie Jenner apparently are like, make Instagram I- Instagram again. But I think what people miss about that early Instagram is just the spontaneity of it, that in the moment feeling. Because make no mistake, early Instagram was also very curated. It had its own aesthetic and its own set of kind of unwritten rules that we were all following. But the difference is we were posting in real time. We were posting pictures of our actual lives rather than, you know, a series of professional photos or stuff that we pulled off of Pinterest because it it fit the color scheme of our feed. And I think Instagram stories have given us a lot of that back, that that real time aspect. But I do miss curating a feed a little bit. I'm not going to lie, because let me tell you, I was a pro back in the day at the curated feed. I miss that aesthetic part of Instagram to a certain extent. (laughs) I don't need to go back to the X Pro filter and the Nashville filter with the border, but to a certain extent, it was fun. And for those of us that remember the early Instagram, we, I think, long for that because that's how it started. I actually created a new Instagram account recently. It's called Jenna Goes West, which is a nod to the brilliant and highly underrated movie called Ingrid Goes West, which is with Audrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. If you haven't seen it, run, don't walk. It is excellent. <laughs> but I'm using this Jenna Goes West uh feed to post like I did in 2015. Lots of filters, lots of pictures of, you know, food and wine glasses and sunsets. And it's been really fun to approach Instagram in that old way. Again, the stakes are very low. (laughs) And I really just post. And if no one likes it, no one likes it. I don't care because it's not, it's, it's not there for that. And I think just like I was talking about last week about early Facebook, early Instagram wasn't a tool to seek feedback or validation. And I think that is the big shift that millennials especially have lived through. Although my space was very validation seeking (laughs) between early influencers like Tila, Tila Tequila and the top eight MySpace was onto something far before other social media sites ever were. But anyway, during this journey of revisiting Instagram aesthetics past, I decided to take a look at my own Instagram posts from the early days and through the 2010s. And I am going to end this episode with my top five Instagram posts that ever graced my Instagram page. Number five. In summer 2016, which by the way was one of the best summers of all the 2010s hands down and also one of the best years of music for the 2010s, in in summer 2016, I posted a picture of Main Street in Southampton with the caption, hashtag Hamptons. Number four, in early 2017, I think it was early April, I went to Florida with my friend for a long weekend and on the Monday morning before we left, I posted a super desaturated, way overly brightened photo of a palm tree with the caption, Mondays, am I right? Number three, in November 2012, (laughs) I posted an extremely filtered photo of my brand new Urban Decay Naked palette. (laughs) 
oh my god I'm dying not only is it super filtered but I added the little light flare filter effect and it has a border on it peak 2012 number two in June of 2014 I posted a picture of a black and white cupcake on a Georgetown cupcake napkin, slapped the X-Pro filter on that bad boy, and I swear to you, I never felt so artsy. I think it got 14 likes, and I was like, I broke the internet. <laughs> I spent that summer, 2014, in Boston for a job, and I posted so many filtered pictures of Newberry Street. It is actually embarrassing, even for me. And that brings me to Number one, my favorite Instagram post of all time. In fall 2012, I posted a picture of my outfit angled down. So you, I was looking at my feet and you could see the bottom of my shirt, my pants, my shoes, and the bag that I was holding in my hand. I'm wearing nude patent Tory Burch flats with a big gold Tory Burch logo on the top of them, black skinny jeans, a leopard print shirt, and I'm holding a Henry Bendel tote bag. I'm wearing a ring with a literal crystal bow on it, which I remember. I literally remember moving my hand in a really uncomfortable way so that you could see the ring in the, in the photo. And then, of course, I have a whole arm party full of sparkly bracelets. Absolute peak 2012. It's filtered to the nines. And when I say I thought that was the best best outfit I had ever worn I think I wore a black blazer over that look I won't end with an embarrassing story this week because honestly my old Instagram pictures are embarrassing enough and if you really want to you can scroll all the way back down because my Instagram is still my personal Instagram that's the, the OG right there so thank you so much for joining me this week if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend don't forget to rate review and subscribe so you never miss an episode I will be back next week bye